Welcome to Strong Meat for Strong Believers. I'm Pastor Doug Johnson. I want to invite you to join me as we look at the issues facing us today and what God's Word says about them. Hebrews 5, 13 and 14 says, Milk is for babies, but strong meat is for grown-ups who can discern the difference between good and evil. At the end of the broadcast, I'll tell you how you can get a copy of this message for yourself. And now, grab your Bible and get ready for another helping of Strong Meat for Strong Believers. Our text specifically tells us that Jesus gave all 12 of his disciples power to do miracles, including Judas. Now, can you imagine Judas raising the dead? Can you imagine Judas doing miracles? But it says right here, in plain, English, in, in plain black and white here, they were all there and they were specific miracles. If you look at verse 1 and verse 8, again, it was very specific. Jesus said, I want you to heal the sick. I want you to cleanse the lepers. I want you to raise the dead. I want you to cast out devils. Very specific instructions, and Judas was a part of that. Now, when you look at that list of miracles, those are hard miracles to perform without some kind of real connection to God. If you don't believe me, try it sometime. Not everybody can do that. These are miracles, and so Jesus was very specific in telling them what he wanted them to do, and I believe he gave them very specific anointing and power to be able to do that. And so not just anybody can do that, but we all know about Judas. And the thing we remember about Judas is it's based on the end of his story. That's what we all remember. We remember how his story ends. But there was a time when Judas was an on-fire, anointed, miracle-working man of God. And many of us forget that about him. Well, this morning, that's what I want to focus on. In fact, Jesus was the only one who knew from the beginning what Judas was going to do in the future. Even Judas didn't know that. Just like you and I don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what we're going to do tomorrow, but Jesus knows. Jesus was the only one who knew from the beginning, what was going to happen. It wasn't even obvious to the disciples around him what was going on. May I remind you that at the Last Supper, Jesus looked at him and said, one of you will betray me. What was their response? Every one of them began to say, Lord, is it me? Not one person at that table looked at Judas and said, yep, he's the one that's going to do it. it they were oblivious. Nobody knew what Judas was going to do, even when Judas did betray Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. You remember how he did it? He did it with a kiss on the cheek, trying to hide it so no one would suspect what was up. Brothers and sisters, my point is this. If you and I had not read in the Bible the end of Judas' story, Many of us would have a hard time imagining Judas as the betrayer because at one time in his life, he was an anointed man of God. Now I want you this morning to turn on that movie screen that God gave you between your ears called your imagination. And I want you to imagine with me this morning what people must have said at Judas's funeral. Now the Bible tells us that Judas hung himself. And the time frame, when you read the story of Judas and the crucifixion of Jesus, it seems like the time frame 
when Jesus killed himself was around the same time that Jesus was crucified and then Jesus was buried for three days before he rose from the dead. So I want you just to imagine with me for a moment. Imagine with me that if Judas's funeral was held during sometime during that three-day period when Jesus was in the ground and the disciples were all hiding. So everyone who knew the truth of what actually happened was nowhere to be found. Imagine with me, now again, this is not, I don't want any theologian to come and question me after service. Well, now, pastor, you got it wrong. We're imagining right now, okay? Imagine with me. Let's play pretend. Imagine with me just for a moment. It would be very hard for many of Judas's family and friends to believe that Judas could have betrayed Jesus simply by going by what they had seen in him leading up to that point. So we're going to go back in time about 2,000 years this morning, and we're going to sit in on Judas's funeral. It may have went something like this. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to pay our final respects to Judas Iscariot. I'm Reverend Dr. Bishop Feelgood, pastor of the First Church of the Frozen Chosen here in Jerusalem. When Simon asked if I would do the funeral of his son Judas, I was at first saddened. But I am honored to be the one to lay this man of God to rest. I remember Judas three and a half years ago. Judas was a member of our church before he left to follow Jesus and began his own ministry. Over the last few years, I've had people come and tell me about the great things that Judas had been doing for the kingdom of God. I remember a father came to me and said that his little boy had drowned. But on the day they were having his funeral, Judas walked up to the casket and raised him from the dead. That's a man of God. Another man came to me on another day and said to me that he had been an outcast living outside the city gates because of leprosy. He was dying a slow, painful death from that flesh-eating disease. Judas walked up to him, fearlessly laid his hand on him, prayed in Jesus' name, and he was healed. That's a man of God. I remember another day a woman who told me that she had been at one time filled with demons. She was bound by addictions and couldn't break free. She kept hearing voices in her head telling her to kill herself. The day that she met Judas, the voices in her head told her to run away. But he spoke to her and spoke to the demons directly, told them to leave her, and she was set free. That's a man of God. One day in our own church, a little girl sitting right over here stood up and testified. And she said this, I used to walk with crutches because I was born with my left foot turned inward. One day I heard this man named Judas preaching about how God can heal anybody. Then he looked at me and asked if I believed that God could heal me. I said yes. 
and he touched my foot, prayed for God to heal me, and he did. I threw my crutches down, and I ran all the way home. Church, that's a man of God. Now, I know some of you here this morning in this funeral home, many of you are upset by the way that Judas died. But I want you to know that there's no doubt in my mind that Judas loved Jesus. Why, the last time they were seen together in public was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and Judas greeted him with a kiss. He must have been horrified when the soldiers came and arrested Jesus. Well, I even heard that Peter tried to fight them off so Judas and the other disciples could get away. I want to tell you this morning, the only thing that I can figure is that Judas loved Jesus so much that when he heard they were going to crucify him, he couldn't bear it. And so he hung himself. So let's all remember the good things that this man did for the kingdom of God because surely there's a place in heaven for such a man as this. Let us all pray. And as the closing prayer is made, the family and friends are left with a feeling of peace while Judas opens his eyes in eternity and finds himself engulfed in flames in the pit of hell. Now, why did I do that? I'll tell you why. Because, brothers and sisters, we often make the mistake of thinking that when God uses some way, someone in a mighty way, that they are super spiritual, and we lift them up on a pedestal. Brothers and sisters, when God begins to use people in mighty ways, we forget that all the glory is supposed to go to God, and yet we often lift up people. And if we were to focus on Judas's life before the betrayal, as I portrayed for you here this morning, that's what many people leading up to Jesus' resurrection may have thought about Judas. And I want to tell you this morning, if anything good ever comes out of my life, if I ever have any success in this life at all, it's all because of Jesus and not because of me. Don't you dare follow me. Don't hinge your salvation on whether I make it to heaven or not. You follow Jesus and you follow him alone. My friends, we can't do anything without Jesus. Judas got his eyes off of Jesus. That's what led to his betrayal. I want to remind you the Bible tells us in Acts 17, 28, for in him, Jesus, we live and move and have our being. Without him, we would stop existing. We would stop living. We would stop breathing right now if it wasn't for Jesus giving us the breath in our lungs. And then we have the privilege of turning around and giving that breath back to him in praise. Hallelujah. You see, friends, it is not what people say about you at your funeral that matters. It is what God says about you when you stand before him that matters. Let me tell you what Jesus himself said about Judas in Matthew 26, 24. Now remember, he's the only one that matters. He said, the Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Did you catch that? Jesus said about Judas, it would have been better for him
if he had never been born. Why? Because today he is spending eternity in the flames of hell. I'm saying, I promise you, even today, Judas is saying, it would have been better for me if I had never been born than to do what I did. Brothers and sisters, Judas was with Jesus. I want to remind you, he was one of the 12 disciples. He was handpicked by Jesus to be a part of it. Jesus gave him power to do miracles. He was in the church. He was on the deacon board. He was the treasurer. Now me, I would have made Matthew the treasurer because he was the tax collector. But I'm not Jesus. Jesus knows what he's doing. We sang a while ago, he's perfect in all of his ways. He knows what he's doing. Judas was in a high position with Jesus. And yet, he lost it all. Now, you might be listening to me thinking, well, I'm no Judas. Good. But I want to tell you something this morning. We can all learn something from Judas' decision. You see, Judas' betrayal started with greed in his heart, and it didn't happen overnight. It was an overnight thing. Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, 24, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Judas made his decision. He chose money over his Lord. You see, you cannot tell by looking at somebody what's in their heart. I cannot tell by looking at you. You cannot tell by looking at me. Inside people's hearts, there could be bitterness. There could be unforgiveness towards someone who has wronged them. There could be lust in their heart. They could be full of revenge. They could be full of anger. They could be full of jealousy over somebody. Can I tell you something? You may not be Judas, but the Bible says all these things are sin, and they will cost you your soul. And if you're not careful, you can go down the same path of Judas. You could be on fire for Jesus today. But my friend, if you don't get the sin under the blood, it will drag you down the same path that Judas went down. You see, Judas made a deal with Jesus' enemies to deliver him up for 30 pieces of silver. Now, again, I want you to just try to, again, I'm just kind of pretending right now, okay? But Judas was probably thinking, there's no way they can get any charges to stick to Jesus. He's never broken a law. He's sinless. Besides, he's so powerful they can't lay a hand on him. I'll just make a little money on the side. And then when it's all over, me and Jesus will laugh about this later on. You know, it'll be all right. Everything's going to be fine. Because listen, remember, Judas had saw Jesus go against the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the chief priests, and the scribes. And he defeated them every single time. Judas had saw Jesus calm the wind and the waves with just a word. Judas saw Jesus walking on the water. Judas saw Jesus. He saw him when a mob grabbed him and was going to throw him off a cliff. He just walked right through the middle of him like nothing happened. Judas saw all of that and maybe in his mind he was thinking, there's no way they're ever going to lay a hand on Jesus, so I'm just going to get a little money from the Pharisees and chief priests, put it in my pocket, and everything's going be fine can I tell you something the devil's a liar 
If you're listening to me today and you think you can keep doing what you're doing, then it ain't harming, harming nobody. The devil's lying to you. You're going down the same path, believing the same liar that Judas did. And if you're not careful, you will find yourself falling away from Jesus. The Bible tells us in Matthew 27, verses 3 through 5. Then Judas, when he, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned. Now notice this. When he saw they actually were able to condemn Jesus. Look at his response repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders saying I have sinned and that I betrayed the innocent blood you see Judas now thought he now realized my plan is backfired and he brings the money and he gives it back to them but they won't take it back it goes on to say they said to them to him what is that to us see thou to it and he cast down the piece of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. When Judas realized that his plan was not working out the way he thought it might, he, instead of repenting and asking God to forgive him, he went to the wrong people and tried to confess. And people can't save you, brothers and sisters. You don't have to confess your sin to a priest. You talk to Jesus. Confess it to him. He's the only high priest we have. I wish I had an amen right there. He's the only one we confess to. But Jesus confessed to the wrong priest. He went to the chief priest thinking they could save him. But no, no, no. They said, I ain't, we ain't going to have nothing to do with that. You see, brothers and sisters, we are to endure to the end. Because in our text in Matthew chapter 10, if you'll read on down the next few verses, after Jesus anointed his disciples and sent them forth, he tells them in verse 22 of Matthew 10, You will be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endures to the end shall be saved. We've got to endure to the end. My friends, what you've done for God in the past is wonderful. It's good. But can I tell you something? Today's a new day. What have you done for Jesus lately? Because if, we all, if, we all, if all we did, like the funeral of Judas a while ago, if all we did was focus on what Judas did in the past, it looked good. Many people focus on what they did for Jesus in the past. Oh, I remember back when I was youth pastor back in 1920. We had a wonderful time. Oh, but that's wonderful. But what have you done for Jesus today? You can start off with the power and the anointing of God. You can be raising the dead, healing the sick, cleansing lepers. But what are you doing for Jesus today? Are you enduring to the end? Or are you saying what I've done in the past is good enough? You better watch. Because let me tell you where that lie came from. It didn't come from God. You see, it's easy for us to fall in the trap of thinking that our good deeds will outweigh our bad deeds. And surely there's a place in heaven for people like that. No. No. The Bible says there are no balancing scales in heaven. The devil's told you that. The Bible tells us when we stand before God, the book is going to be open. The Lamb's book of life. And if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, he will look at you and say, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Enter into the joys of the Lord. But if your name is not in the book, 
he will look at you and say, depart from me. I never knew you. There's no balancing scales there. Because if there were, Judas might have squeaked in. Because he did a lot of good things for the kingdom of God. Because he had the power of God. But I want to tell you this morning, doing good works is what we're supposed to be doing. Because we're representing Jesus. But we're supposed to do it till the end. Endure it till the end. And then we'll be saved. The fact that we have to praise people today for doing the right thing anymore shows how depraved our society has become. It wasn't too long ago that everybody kept their word. It wasn't too long ago that everybody, when you shook hands with somebody, the deal was done. And you knew they weren't going to go back on it. Now you got to have the, a lawyer to read the fine print, to change the fine print if it ain't what you want it to be. And then both of you sign it. And then you're going to argue later on because one of them ain't keeping you the agreement. We are living in a depraved society. Brothers and sisters, the fact that we have to praise people for doing the right thing tells us how lost we really are. And we can fall so easily into the trap of thinking our good deeds have earned us some brownie points with God. Surely he'll let me into heaven. But I want to tell you, if your heart is not right with God, if you've been doing the right thing for the wrong reason like Judas, if you don't endure to the end, you could miss it. You see, we often misjudge people. I heard a preacher say one time, there's going to be two surprises when, you get to, when we get to heaven. The first one is, you'll be surprised who made it. The second surprise is, you'll be surprised about who didn't. I'll add one more. The third surprise is, we'll be surprised we actually made it. We misjudge people. We think, because of what we see on the outside, that certain people, even like Judas... Surely Judas would have made it by judging from the outward appearance. Why, he kissed Jesus the last time we saw him. Surely he loved Jesus. No, his heart was far from him. Brothers and sisters, you can come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, every day of the week, but if your heart is not right with God, you're still going to go to the same hell that Judas is in today. Hear me this morning. Jesus told the chief priest in Matthew 21, 31, now, this is what he told the priests that were in charge of his day. Listen to what he says. Verily I say unto you that the tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you will. Wow. Talk about misjudging people. Why did Jesus say that? Because Jesus looks at the heart. My friend, you can be looking good. And by the way, all of you look good this morning. We got a good looking crowd. You look good. But Jesus sees our hearts. And Jesus told the priests, the ones supposed to represent God, he said, the tax collectors and prostitutes are going to get to heaven for you because their hearts were not right with God. My friend, you, we don't know what's in a person's heart to even make a judgment call on, whether, where, on where they're spending eternity. The Bible tells us in 2 Thessalonians 2.3, and this is the reason for this message this morning. Listen close. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day, talking about the day of the Lord, shall not come except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. That phrase, falling away, 
in the Greek, it's, it means a defection from the truth, a falling away from the truth, an apostasy, if you will. In other words, people who once knew the truth and yet now are turning away from it just like Judas. We're seeing it happen right now. There are people who used to be on this platform a year ago, not here now. I'm not being a judge. I'm just quoting what the judge said. I don't know what's in your heart. You don't know what's in mine. But here's the thing. If your heart is not right with God, you will miss it. Are you hearing me today? We have got to come back to God with repentance. Listen, friend, this is why we can't afford to follow people. We've got to follow Jesus. And Jesus has to have all of your heart. Or if he don't have all of your heart, he has none of it. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. The Bible goes on to say in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 4 through 6, listen to what it says about people who fall away. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come if they should fall away, again, that phrase, it's the exact same phrase we quoted a while ago, means if they turn away from the truth to renew them again to repentance, seeing they crucified themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. This warning is to a class of people to whom it is impossible, what the Bible says, it is impossible to restore again to repentance. Well, who are these people? The verses tell us, they once had been enlightened. They partook of the Holy Ghost. They knew the Word of God. They even had miraculous power working for the Lord. Judas was one of them. And yet, he rejected it, turned his back on it, and that's why today he is burning in a pit of hell. Friend, it's not about what you did yesterday. It's what are you doing today. Does Jesus have all of your heart, or are you playing games at the foot of the cross? Are you playing games in church and slowly fading away from the Lord? You see, it is possible to be in close proximity to Jesus but still listening to the devil. The soldiers at the foot of the cross, what were they doing? Were they worshiping? No, they were gambling for Jesus' clothes, playing games with salvation right in front of them, playing games at the foot of the cross. Friend, it happens every Sunday across this land. People come in close proximity with Jesus. Salvation is right in front of them, and yet they're playing games with God, thinking because they came to church that they've earned some good points with God. The devil's lying to you, and if you don't get saved, if you don't get your heart right with Jesus, you're going to be left behind. God, help me preach this this morning. The group Need to Breathe recorded a few a song a few years ago called The Devil's Been Talking. You could be close to Jesus and still listen to the devil talking. Listen to what they say. They say the truth will set you free, but it won't for me. The devil's been talking. My ship is setting off to sea, but it's sailing without me. 
I feel I'm on an island born to sink. Oh, the devil's been talking. I can't change. It's who I am. I'm all alone. The devil's been talking. Does any of that sound familiar to you? The devil's been talking to you. And I want to tell you, the devil's lying to you. Because your ship is not going to sail without you on it. And when you put Jesus on your boat, it'll never sink. You are not an island all by yourself. Jesus is closer than a brother. He is as close as the mention of, your, of his name. Jesus will walk hand in hand with you if you will simply give him your heart. Don't listen to the devil talking to you anymore. He's lying to you. Let's make up our minds, church. We're going to endure to the end. Don't you quit. Don't you give up. Because listen, if we accomplish anything in this life, if we have any success at all, it's all because of Jesus, not because of any good that we have done. I wish I had an amen right there. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That means on our own, we can't do a hill of beans. But with him, we can do all things. Brothers and sisters, the truth is, if God didn't have mercy on us and grace to save us, we'd all be lost. It has nothing to do with our goodness. We can't earn it. We certainly don't deserve it. But it is a free gift from Jesus. Salvation is. One more scripture I want to share with you, and I'm going to close. The Bible says in John 13, verses 2 and 5, And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Notice the Bible does not say that Jesus washed all the disciples' feet except Judas doesn't say that. Jesus washed his betrayer's feet. Think about that. Jesus knew what Judas was going to do. He was the only one who knew from the beginning what Judas was going to do. And yet, he washed his feet. Pastor Doug, I could never do that. You don't know how bad they hurt me just seeing them. Makes me cringe. I understand. But let me tell you about amazing grace. We choose to go our own way, yet Jesus still washes our dirty feet. We choose to curse and rebel against him, yet he still loves us. We fall under the weight of our cross, yet he comes and helps us carry it. That's what's so amazing about his grace. You see, the secret to being like Jesus is keep your eyes fixed on him, the author and finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. 1 John 1, 7 tells us that if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all our sin. My friends, Judas betrayed Jesus. And instead of repenting, he killed himself and lost his soul. If he had just waited three days, what a difference three days makes. If he had just waited 
three days when Jesus rose from the dead he could have repented to the right person and been restored I believe that but the devil had been talking to him and told him to kill himself brothers and sisters I don't know who this word is for, but I'm telling you right now, by the power of the Holy Ghost, don't you harm yourself one more day. Don't you listen to what the devil's been telling you. Listen, come to Jesus. Jesus wants to heal you and make you whole. He wants to forgive you of everything. Don't be playing games at the foot of the cross. Don't keep playing church. Don't be a part of the falling away. Don't defect from the truth. Run to the truth with everything you got. Come to Jesus and endure till the end. Hallelujah. Judas could have been in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. He could have got the Holy Ghost. It would have changed his world. It would have changed everything. If he had just waited three days. Some of you have been, the devil's been lying to you all week. God brought you here this morning for a reason. Today is your resurrection day. Today is your restoration. Today is your healing day. Hallelujah. Bow your heads with me today if you will. This has been Strong Meat for Strong Believers. If this broadcast was a blessing to you, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at revivalfire29 at yahoo.com or call me at 964-5333 and visit Raven Assembly of God's website at ravenag.org and find out more information about our church. This is Pastor Doug Johnson reminding you to keep your head up. God is on your side. And join me next time for more Strong Meat for Strong Believers.